0: Hello, my name is Hazel Russo, I'm a coach with the professional support unit for London and the South East, and I'm delighted to welcome you to our podcast today. This podcast is all about listening. We're going to talk about the importance of listening, I will outline a model of listening, and we'll explore the power of listening in practice with a demonstration. So I'm delighted to introduce my two guests today, Dr Naomi Kraft and Dr Sarah Siddiqui. Naomi is a Training Programme Director for GP Training in KSS and she's also a coach with the Professional Support Unit for London and the South East. Welcome Naomi. Hello. Thank you for joining me. And Sarah is a Trainee Doctor and is Differential Attainment Fellow with the Professional Development Team for London and the South East. Welcome Sarah. Hi. Welcome Sarah, thank you for joining me. So to begin I'm going to say something about listening And if there's one skill I could part to others, it would be listening. And I know that many people listening to this podcast will be familiar with what we're covering here and will be familiar with listening and ways of listening. If that's you, I really invite you to listen in a new way here today. So we're exploring listening in the context of differential attainment. And there's some things that we can consider here that could be really valuable. So in general, we often think that we're listening. But what we're actually doing is waiting for our turn to speak. We might be thinking about something else or being distracted and looking at our watch or phone. Full listening is something different to this. It's about giving our full attention to another person. And when we listen fully, we give space to the other person to express what they need to express to us. So when someone experiences being fully heard, it can build trust and rapport and it supports relationship building. And this is really important when we think about differential attainment. We want to build relationships with trainees. So listening is connected to where we place our attention. I'm going to introduce us to a useful way of thinking about listening, which is a model called the three levels of listening. And this was developed by the authors of a book called Coactive Coaching. And you can find the details of that book in the references in the introduction to this podcast. Level one listening is where the focus of attention of the listener is with themselves. So the listener is relating what is said back to themselves or their own experiences, thoughts and feelings. Now, sometimes this is necessary. Sometimes it's important. We need to gather information. We need to form an opinion or make an assessment about something. So sometimes we need to relate what's being said back to ourselves. But sometimes level one listening means the listener is being distracted. things which get in the way of really listening to the other person. So it could be looking at a computer screen or phone rather than making eye contact or it could be that we're just wondering how long this is going to take or I'm thinking about something else I've got to do or what I'm having for dinner. Those are all examples of level one listening. So level one listening is about meeting the needs of the listener rather than focusing on building a relationship with the speaker. Level two listening is something that you may be familiar with and you may have heard of something called active listening. So that's where the focus of attention is with the person speaking. If we're face to face, we might be giving our full attention to the speaker. We might be making eye contact. We might be reflecting back words that we hear used by the speaker to demonstrate that we're listening and have understood what's being said. So that would be level two listening. And the attention of the listener Is fully with the other person and what they're saying so we're not relating it back to ourselves. Level three listening includes level two listening and goes beyond it so it's sometimes called intuitive listening and the listener's attention is fully on the speaker and also the wider environment of the speaker. So as well as the words being used the listener may notice what's not being said You might pick up on hunches about the speaker, you might notice emotions and body language. There might be silences or pauses in the conversation because as the listener you notice that the person speaking is thinking and so you're not interrupting the thinking that's taking place. So the attention is fully on the speaker and what they're saying plus what they're not saying. So powerful listening happens at levels two and three in the context of what we're looking at here today. So, that's just a simple overview. You can see more about that in the written module if you want to have a look at the tool about key skills on listening. So, what we're going to do now is to have a demonstration where we'll explore a little bit more about what we're talking about. And this is where Naomi and Sarah come in. Sarah, you're going to be the trainee in this demonstration, and Naomi, the trainer. And Sarah, you're going to talk about something that you want to talk about for about a minute. Naomi, I'm going to invite you to do some level one listening great off you go
1: hi Naomi I'm uh... hi Sarah just can you can you just hang on a second just a tick I've just got to put some stuff away okay yeah 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 go ahead
2: um I sorry I just basically wanted to have a little chat about um you know mm-hmm. I've got these um these exams coming up um and
1: my membership oh, yeah. exams um, oh, you'll be fine, Sarah, with those. I know you're so brilliant at exams. You haven't had any trouble before, have you? Well, um, actually, that's
2: what I was a bit concerned about because I, I hadn't really, um, hadn't passed the last time and, you know... Oh, i had
1: forgotten that. Oh, yeah, but, but that was ages ago. You're worried about that, I can hear, but I don't, I'm not worried about you. Um, yeah, I, I, okay, well, um... Actually, uh,
2: you know, I I was thinking because I didn't uh, pass last time, maybe I should get some advice or, um, you know, I I was thinking.
1: Hmm. um, Okay, well, I mean, everyone, everyone fails an exam sometimes. I mean, I can remember I you know, I don't think I've ever actually told you, but I didn't actually pass all my A-levels first time around. And so I know, I do know what that feels like. You know, it's, it's quite stressful, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it, it is quite stressful, actually. But I mean, there was, there was a bit more that, um, I, I, I guess, it was more about um, the fact that um, this is my last attempt. And, you know, I was a bit concerned.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I I mean, yeah, it's reasonable to be concerned. But I mean, you know, if you're doing all the preparation, you like, i I can't really see there's going to be any problem, Sarah. I mean, you've been working so hard. I, I you know, I've, I can't really see there's an issue. And and nobody else has mentioned any issues about it, about the way you've been preparing. So I'm, I mean, you know, do you really think it's necessary to do anything different?
2: Um, I guess, I guess not.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's pause that there. Thank you both. Um, so let's start. Yes. Yeah, so Sarah, what was that like for you? It felt like there was a lot more that
2: I was concerned about um, but I didn't really get to address it because it felt a bit like a rushed or dismissive chat where you know I I was reassured but without being able to give a full explanation of why I was
0: concerned. Mm. And to what extent did you feel that the trainer was understanding your concern?
2: I think they had a, a kind of understanding because they'd experienced it but I don't think they were trying to understand my situation if that makes sense
0: yeah mm, okay so it's kind of a general understanding but not mm-hmm. really hearing you and your particular concerns yeah my individual needs yeah your individual needs yeah okay great thanks Sarah uh, Naomi what was that
1: like for you uh well I mean I I think that it reminds me very much of the way things happen when I'm very busy when I want to just get this conversation done fast, um, it also reminds me of of falsely being supportive, thinking I'm being supportive when actually I'm not, um, thinking I'm saying something helpful, but the response I got from Sarah made me realize that perhaps my reassurances were not as helpful as I thought that I, as my intention, I was intending to be supportive. I wasn't trying to cut her off I was trying to be supportive but actually realizing that that kind of listening wasn't that helpful to her. Thanks Naomi I think that's a really interesting point isn't it that
0: often we have really good intentions we genuinely think that we're helping the other person but actually it's not what's really being requested in that mm. in that moment. Yeah okay. Mm. A- anything else Sarah for you now you've heard what Naomi's experience was does that bring anything else to mind for you? that perhaps
2: I should have maybe been a bit more aware about the context of the discussion. And maybe I could have suggested, oh, I can see that you're busy or rushed. And maybe we could have this chat another time. But it's about, I guess, recognising when someone is actively listening um, or whether they're trying to listen, but they're too busy in the moment and not just kind of ending the conversation there but maybe you're trying again to have a conversation at a later time
0: mm. okay and I just want to check Sarah if if you were in a situation where you were feeling concern and you noticed you felt like the trainer was sort of listening but not really giving you what you needed individually how confident might you feel to say well, I can see you're busy should I come back another time It's really difficult because of the kind of trainer trainee hierarchy to to be able
2: to say that and Mm. also to not feel like to be able to overcome the feeling of being dismissed and falsely reassured to have the confidence that that person can actually help you if given the right setting and time. It's difficult to then build a trainer trainee relationship, if that makes sense. So listening is important because there might be more than what's said at the surface.
1: Yes, okay,
0: great. Thank you. And Naomi, what do you hear in that?
1: Uh, Well, what I'm hearing also is that it's really fascinating how even though I don't think of myself as being in a hierarchy with a trainee, I am aware that I am a more powerful position. And actually, um, the conversation and deconstructing like this reminds me that actually the trainer is more powerful than the trainee and has the power to end the conversation, to close down the conversation. And in fact, uh, Sarah might have needed more from me than I realised to invite her to say what she needed to say, that she she might not feel able to do that unless I invite her. That I'm now much more conscious of the power dynamic there from that conversation. Thank you.
0: Let's run another demonstration, another practice. And this time... Uh, So, Sarah, you can talk about the same thing or something different. It's up to you. And, Naomi, this time I'd like you to do your really your best listening. So, really listening in whatever way works for you.
2: So, hi, hi Naomi. Um, Hi, um, Sarah. um, I've basically wanted to talk to you about my membership exams. Um, They're kind of round the corner now um, with a couple of months
1: left. Um, Okay. Sarah, can I just... um, just check I'm just finishing something off just I just want to make sure I put away my books and close what I'm doing so that I can give you my full attention if you just hold on one second I'm just going to move them to one side yeah of course right okay I've done that right you've got my full attention so
2: um as I was saying I've got these membership exams coming up and I was a bit concerned because um I haven't passed the exams before and um you know that obviously that that's um, been quite difficult for me. Um, uh, But basically, um, I just sat the exam before and I hadn't passed it. And so um, I was advised to get support from the professional support unit. Um, And they've they basically sent me for a dyslexia assessment. And, um, you know, I uh, it turns out that that might be um, something that's impeding um, On me passing my exams so um you know obviously i'm it's not something i've ever encountered before so i'm quite anxious about it and then on top of that it's my last attempt this time to pass the exam i'm very concerned about my training and the impact that it will have if i don't pass this time yeah um okay so what i really wanted to to basically approach you about was they've offered me some exam support coaching from, you know, with regards to studying effectively with dyslexia and whether I could book in some study leave to make sure that I can attend these sessions and maybe have some focused time ahead of my exams, seeing as this is my kind of final attempt um, and whether that's something that you you could support me with um, as my supervisor.
1: Okay. Listen, I'm really glad you came to talk to me about it. It sounds like you've been quite concerned about this, and you, you know, even perhaps a bit anxious about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. That sounds tough. Oh, thank you. And and I'm also hearing that you've done an awful lot already to try and address what might be uh, an obstacle to you passing this exam, and you've taken up the offer of the PSU. Referral, and you've found out something about the way in which you learn, which has identified that there's a dyslexia element, and you've got some things lined up that might be of support to you. Yeah,
2: it's uh, a bit tricky because a lot of the kind of coaching sessions are within kind of clinic time and working time. So, you know, I can revise in the evenings, but it's Mm. also kind of trying to manage that time, um, you know, my. Clinical duties with being able to attend these sessions is um, is something that's also causing me a deal of concern. So that's why yes. I wanted to talk to you, really.
1: Yes. No, I hear that. Sounds like what would be helpful, perhaps, if I've understood you correctly, is to have a conversation now about how to balance your work commitments with the need to attend the study leave sessions in order to support you getting through this exam. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, that would be really helpful. Okay. OK, so how can I, what do you think would be helpful from, from me? What do you need from me to think?
2: Um, maybe just being able to kind of have protected time to uh, revise, um, being able to book in that study leave and have that approval ahead of time. Uh, and maybe if I can swap around some of my leave dates so that I can have some time um, before the exam to really focus on my revision. OK, that sounds... Um,
1: Sorry, I, Sorry yeah.
2: Go on. I, I was also going to say if you if you know of anyone else who's doing the exam or, you know, you have any tips uh, about the exam yourself, then I'd be more than grateful for any advice.
1: OK, well, listen, we've got lots to think about, haven't we? Um, we've got to think about um, some learning support, some specific tips and ideas. We've got to think about. Uh, the protected time and how best to use that and also thinking about the balance between getting that time to revise and going to those courses and also continuing to get the the time that you need at the practice. Um, I'm just wondering, given that uh, I have to go shortly, whether we should consider setting aside a slightly longer space of time to really look into this in more detail so that I can, now that I know what it is that you'd like to think about, I can spend a bit of time thinking about it before we talk again and then we can have another chat about how we might move forward. Because we have a supervision, don't we, every week. And so perhaps in our next supervision this week, we can focus entirely on this.
0: That would be really great. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. So let's begin, first of all, with Sarah. Sarah, what was that like for you that time? It was much better because Naomi gave
2: me the space to kind of speak. It was something that was quite difficult for me to reveal, having never had difficulties with exams before. I actually got to go to the kind of underlying reason why I wanted to talk to her about it, which was not just to kind of say that these exams are coming up, but also that, you know, I might need her support with balancing uh, the clinical duties and um, getting some time off. So it it meant that I wasn't dismissed and I didn't shut down um, and I could really open up.
0: Mm, Yes. And what I noticed is that there was actually a really long period of time when Naomi didn't say anything. Naomi was really
1: listening. So Naomi, what was that like for you that time? Well, on that point, it's quite difficult, isn't it, to stay silent for a long period of time. And I was conscious of thinking, I wonder if that's it or is there more? So I was trying to just hold my nerve to not say anything for a bit longer and a bit longer and a bit longer and a bit longer and then even a bit longer, <laughs> a bit longer than I even felt comfortable mm. until it really felt like there was a moment when you reached a natural pause. It was much more powerful to do that because it seemed that actually you got to a place which I hadn't anticipated because it wasn't just that you were telling me that you were concerned and it was difficult and you were worried about the exam that wasn't the only thing you actually wanted to ask me something specific if I jumped in earlier it would have slowed down getting to that point yes and there's
0: something Naomi you've demonstrated really well there which um when I did my coach training there was a a little tip that I was taught which was called the three second rule which you may be aware of, that when you're thinking of coming in, you pause for three seconds and then generally, exactly as you say, there's more and then maybe there's more and then maybe there's more until there isn't any more. So it's a really great way to approach listening. Yeah. What I noticed as well, Naomi, is that when you did come in, you were reflecting back to Sarah what she'd said to you. Mm. What was that like for you, Sarah?
2: Um, It was good, actually, because it reminded me that There wasn't anything I'd missed out. And it made me think, oh, she's really listened to what I've said.
0: Mm.
1: (sighs) If I can also add that one of the things that I felt was really interesting for me is that it didn't take longer because I still was busy and I still had to stop and make space. But I, um, I didn't have to deal with it straight away. We got out what it was that was needing to be discussed and then negotiated when we could talk about it in a space which was protected. Because I was conscious that the first time I demonstrated this, I was also busy. So I wanted to make it clear that I didn't listen differently because I had acres of time. I listened differently in the same amount of time, but just negotiated it differently. Yeah, I
0: think that's really, really helpful, Naomi. And I really loved what you did at the beginning where you said, I'm just going to put my papers aside. So really kind of signaling very clearly, I am busy. I'm stopping doing this now so that I can give you my full attention. That seemed really powerful to me and really giving very, very positive message to Sarah as the trainee. Sarah, what was that like for you? And when you compare that to the first time when you said you felt you were being dismissed? It was
2: a lot clearer that actually you know, Naomi is very busy at the moment and she's actually setting time aside or clearing a space to have this conversation. But then it also made me aware that, you know, I shouldn't go on too long. And it was really useful to have her say, OK, let's talk about this again another time, because it's it demonstrates to me that maybe it's not the perfect time to go into much detail. It's very difficult, I think, when you're a trainee trying to squeeze in a conversation. And then you know that your trainers are always quite busy or in the middle of something and juggling multiple responsibilities. You don't really want to kind of interfere. But um, it's important, I guess, to be heard, but also recognise that there's a time and a place.
0: Yeah, I think that in a sense, it's kind of signposting, isn't it? Signposting, signalling, framing the conversation. I'm busy. I'm setting aside this time here now for you. And now, because I'm busy, let's arrange another time. So it's all really clear, helpful messaging, demonstrating that you're listening as a trainer and that you're busy and that we can do this on another occasion. So giving you my full attention. Great. Anything else that
1: either of you wants to say? I guess just to add to that point, I could have enhanced that even more, I guess, by saying I'm going to put my books away, give you my full attention. And I've probably got about five minutes because I'm going to a meeting in five minutes to signal to Sarah even more clearly that you've got my full attention and it's limited, that would have enhanced it. I didn't think of that till afterwards, but I've definitely used that trick before. So Sarah knows she's got absolutely a hard stop in five minutes. And then I could have, as I approached it, I might have said, you know, as you know, I've got to stop now. And let's arrange to continue this conversation going forward. Yes, that's really helpful, really clear. Thank you.
0: So uh, if you're a trainer and you're listening to this, I invite you to take a moment to think about how you listen and how you might enhance your listening. So where do you listen well? So think about trainees where you know you listen well or circumstances and situations where you know you listen well. Also think about where you might be able to enhance your listening. Sometimes we find it easier to listen to people who are more like us, for example. Uh, We don't necessarily mean to do that or know that we're doing that, but we might do that. It may be that with certain trainees, you might find it more challenging or less comfortable to listen to them than to other trainees. If that's the case, then notice that and see how you could listen fully to those trainees next time. Equally, it could be that there are contexts or situations where you find it easier or more difficult to listen. So in the example that we heard with Naomi and Sarah, Naomi was very busy, so she was signposting that as a way to uh, frame how she was going to listen. So that's, again, something that you can do with your trainees if you're really busy, you're in the middle of something, you can let them know and suggest, I can't talk right now, let's see if we can put a time in tomorrow or next week when we could have this conversation. Uh, You might also want to have a look at our toolkit on the listening skills, as I've mentioned before, which includes more detail about what we've talked about here and some simple exercises you can try. So I'd like to thank Naomi and Sarah very much for uh, what I think has been a really helpful and productive demonstration. Thank you, Hazel. Thanks, Hazel. Thank you. And thank you for listening.